This podcast is brought to you by lilybadcock.com and The Confidence Academy, giving you the confidence to be who you truly are. This is The Confidence Academy podcast. My name is Lily Badcock and I am a transformational confidence coach and I'm here with a message for you. The anxiety and overwhelm you've been experiencing is not something to be feared or avoided. It's also not something that gets to define who you are as a person. No matter who you are, no matter what your story is, I know that you get to live a life of fulfillment and joy. It's my absolute pleasure to bring this podcast series to you in collaboration with some phenomenal people from all over the world who have walked the same path as you. Together, we will share our stories, our challenges and our triumphs with the intention of helping you to see that it's possible for you too. Anxiety may be something you live with, but it doesn't get to define who you are or how you live your life. So stand by for some powerful conversations, deep realizations, and the occasional F-bomb. So get those headphones in if you're around sensitive ears and stand by. This is gonna be fun. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. This week, I have the pleasure of introducing you to David Williams. Now, I heard David speaking on Clubhouse earlier this year, and I knew straight away that I was going to ask him to come and share his story on the podcast. We had such an important conversation, and it's especially powerful coming from a guy. And if you've ever experienced a rock bottom moment, then I know you will resonate with what David shares in this episode. I really hope that you love this conversation as much as we loved having it. And if you're inspired to take action as a result of listening to this, please come over and let us know in the Facebook group so we can continue to support you. And of course, if you know anyone who needs to hear this conversation, please feel free to share it with them. Don't forget as well that you can join my mailing list if you would like to receive my daily channeled guidance emails. And do come and hang with me over on Instagram and Clubhouse if you're not doing so already. All of the links will be in the show notes as always. Okay, that's all for now. It's time to get comfy and enjoy the absolute gold that David brings in this conversation. Let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome back to the Confidence Academy podcast. It's Lily and you know that by now. And today I am speaking with the wonderful David Williams, who is in Cardiff. So this is exciting. Somebody, I won't say completely local, but you're not a million miles away from me either. I'm here in Salisbury. And David is known as the Entrepreneurial Dad. And you have a business called D. Williams Coaching and Consulting. And I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for the intro. Um, I'm really, really pleased to be here. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm the entrepreneurial dad, um, kind of to do what the name says on the tin, really. Um, I'm a dad to amazing boys, six and three, um, a husband to a very understanding wife. Um, and I have multiple businesses, um, the primary business being um, either coaching and consulting. I work as a business consultant. But I also have an education company, a property company um, and a few other a wild and, and, and crazy um, opportunities that I've taken along the way. And so I've decided I kind of brand myself under the entrepreneurial dad, because I think there's a lot of guys out there who um, don't know where they fit. And um, a lot of people who like men who are dads of business owners, and they're asked to be all things to all people. And I wanted to try and give them a voice. So that's where the entrepreneurial dad came from. 
I love it. And you are a true entrepreneur. So I, I call myself an entrepreneur, but really, I don't think I am really because I'm quite happy doing my one little thing that I'm doing. Um, but I, it blows my mind that you have all of that going on because I know how much it is just to have this business going. So I'm already like on my knees, bowing down, going, oh, my God, how do you do it? <laughs> so um, it's so exciting to have you on. And we only connected recently on the brand new Clubhouse, which everyone who's listening to this show is going to start rolling their eyes at this point because they're like, oh, she's talking about Clubhouse again. But I love it. I absolutely love it because I get to meet people just like this. And, you know, I have got this podcast for a purpose, for a reason. There are messages to be shared and stories to be told. And if it wasn't for Clubhouse, we would never have connected. So again, a shout out to Clubhouse. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know it's kind of, it's a bit of, it is a bit like the Wild West on Clubhouse. So yeah, it I is at the moment. Yeah. I think that's that's the best way of describing it. So it's a bit like the Wild West and you've kind of got to figure out which saloon you want to walk into. Yes. Um, and there are some some really crazy rooms out there, but there are also some really genuine, authentic connections to be made. And mm. that's the bit that I find really exciting. Me too. Yeah. And I and I think this is going to take us in a, in a great direction because I and I keep saying this on the on the platform as well. But it seems to me that Clubhouse has come about just at the point when we needed connection the most you know we were all locked down we've been disconnected there are families that haven't been able to see each other you know friends that couldn't get together and I think we were already in a mental health crisis in this country but I think probably around the world as well and while they've been very very focused on obviously driving down the rate of transmission for the virus and they've been trying very hard to, to tackle that. I think the mental health repercussions have kind of gone unchecked. Um, a lot of people are struggling that that maybe wouldn't have struggled even in the beginning. And then the people who were already struggling are potentially struggling more. But I'm hesitating to say that because I also think that the, the pandemic has shown people that we really can come through anything that life throws at us no matter how you know no matter how much we didn't see it coming I think for a lot of people we've seen that but if anyone else is like me I feel like I was put back through the ringer and I was someone as we came into the global pandemic I was someone that classed myself as someone that had an anxiety diagnosis but had it under control like I hadn't had a panic attack for years I hadn't struggled with the anxiety for years. And it's not that I hadn't experienced it because it does show up, but I really did have a handle on it. Like I could recognize when it was there. I knew what I needed to give myself. I knew who I needed to reach out to and I, I could cope. And then last year around July, August time, I think it was, I absolutely crashed to my knees and I still tried to do the things that I knew would help and they weren't helping. And I was reaching out to the people that would normally be able to help. And I didn't feel as helped as I perhaps would have done in the beginning. And, and it, it felt like I got put back through the ringer. Um, so I feel like that if that has happened to me, then that's absolutely happened to so many other people as well. And I know that your story has an element of that in it. I've just been reading it on your bio here. So for everybody listening, when anyone comes on the show, they fill out a little questionnaire for me so I can see who they are and what their story is. 
So David, I would love you, um, well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, on what I just said, and then I would love you to share your story as well. Okay, so I think it's really interesting that there's an element of capacity. So the thing that really speaks to me when you say, you know, you reach out to the, the normal, kind of your normal channels, is that they probably had capacity at other times in, you know, in, in life, right? Mm. And so we're at a point where there's so much stress on everyone, the, the capacity of others to have that empathy and have that space to hold you is diminished. And so yeah. it's not that they wouldn't want to give that or they're not, you know, they're just physically not able to. And I think that's what the pandemic has really done. Yeah. It's kind of soaked up all that spare capacity mm. that people had. And, and I completely resonate with the, the going through the ringer again, because I think for, for us, it was coming out of Christmas thinking, okay, we're gonna we've we've done a termish at school. We've got to see what we've got to the two kids. So termish at school, amazing. We we just about handled that. And then to be thrown back into homeschooling and um trying to work and trying to, you know, just logistically, you know, being told that we're not allowed out of the house and again and all that stuff, it actually feels probably more challenging now. It's like the compound effect of everything mm. and the up and down and the uncertainty. I think if they'd said, probably if they'd said, you know, in October, okay, we're going to be like this till March, we would have gone, right, it's a pain, but we're going to plan for it. Right. You get in the mindset, don't you? Yeah, you know what you're dealing with. Um, I think that's so true. I love that you just said about capacity as well, though, because I hadn't thought of that. And I've got a, I've got another take on it. And as I share this, I'm very, very aware that when I'm in my when I'm not in the headspace I'm in now, when I, when I don't feel like I have it under control, hearing what I'm about to say makes me want to reach through the screen and strangle myself. So I'm fully aware of that, <laughs> but I'm going to share it anyway, because it feels like the truth. And I think we have, we've been in a situation where there were people who had, like you said, had the capacity to take on the stresses and the strains of what their life was giving them and the stresses and strains of others. And what you've just shared about, you know, suddenly everybody was an island. Suddenly everybody had to stand on their own two feet. And I definitely think that that will have had a detrimental effect. But I also think from because I'm in the sort of spiritual space, to me, spiritually, that is showing people what they're really capable of. It's like, look, all of your lifelines got shut down or nearly all of them, right? So many of those people that were able to, to feed back into you were not able to do that, but look, you're still here. And all right, you might feel like you're battered and bruised and you might feel like you're on your knees right now, but you are still here. You're still breathing in and out. You're still taking a step forward. Look what you've done. Look what you've achieved. Look what's possible. Because I think for a lot of people, and this is possibly controversial, it's definitely controversial, but to me, the, the whole mental health space <clears throat> is very much, there's very much a thread running through it of, I can't cope and I need other people to give me something so I can cope, whether that's medication or, or support, you know, mental support or whatever it is. There's very much this feeling of, I can't do this on my own. I need other people. And of course, we're not supposed to do anything on our own. We are together. We're supposed to interconnect with other people. That's the whole point. But I think 
for me, what I've learned along my own journey is at the points where I thought I couldn't do it, I actually could do it. And at the points where I was waiting for a knight in shining armor, I didn't realize that I was the knight in shining armor. Like we are the ones that can save ourselves. We really, really truly are. And I know that if anybody's listening now and you're in that space that I was in a few months ago, you're not gonna believe these words that are coming out of my mouth right now. You're gonna be pissed off that I've even said it. You're probably gonna wanna turn this podcast off. I really hope you don't. And I really hope that you that you understand this because I was in that place. I've been in that place before and I came back into that place last year. And from that place, you really start to believe the bullshit that you're telling yourself. I told myself that I had nothing to live for. I told myself that there was that nothing I was doing was helping. I told myself that I'm not intuitive. I'm not a confidence coach. I'm not motivational or inspirational. I convinced myself in the lowest moment that I was just a very mentally unwell person and that everyone around me knew that and that they were just playing along. And I started to convince myself that I was full of shit and that there was literally no point. And in that lowest moment, I'm sure I've shared this before, so sorry if this is boring, but I think it's important. And if anyone is new, you won't have heard this story. In that lowest moment, I checked in with myself and I heard this little voice and it said, what would feel better than this? Because I had just listed what I thought was true and I was crying my eyes out as a result because I thought like everything I've worked for, everything I thought I was, isn't true it's bullshit and it felt the thing is when you tell yourself something that is not your soul truth that's how it feels it feels like your soul has been ripped out of your chest you feel desperate and sad and that's how I felt and then I heard that voice and it said what would feel better than this and in the moment I I was irritated by the question and I was like well, it doesn't matter what would feel better than this it doesn't matter because that's what it is like th that is the truth so who cares what would feel better but because I'd asked that question, something deep inside of me had asked that question. So a tiny part of my mind started to look in that direction instead. And in the end, I was like, well, all right, I suppose it would feel better if I could believe that the work that I do does make a difference and that I am capable of all the things that I feel inside of me and that I'm not a lost cause. Like that would be better. I don't believe that right now, but that is what would feel better. And then as the days went on after that, I started to feel my power coming back and I started to journal again. And it was like, well, I actually don't know what's true. I might still be someone who's very mentally unwell that everybody knows about. Like maybe they're just letting me crack on right now. But do you know what? I feel so much better believing that what I do makes a difference. I feel so much better believing that I am powerful, that I can help to create change, that I am on this mission that there's so much more than we actually see. And if that's what makes me feel better, that's what I'm gonna grab for every single time. So to anybody listening, if you're still with me, <laughs> um, if you're in that place right now, <clears throat> just check in, what are you telling yourself? What, what are you convincing yourself is true? And ask yourself, how does that feel? Because it's my absolute belief that when we speak truth, we feel the truth because it feels expansive and exciting and we feel lit up and we feel motivated and we feel like we can conquer the world. When we speak something that is not truth in our soul, it feels like anxiety. It feels like pain. It feels like, oh, you couldn't be further from the truth. And I know I've just 
word dumped in your general direction but yeah that's fine i think there's, there's a few things so i <clears throat> i have to jot notes down so i'm writing as i'm sc- <laughs> i have to like, do the same sometimes so i'm, as so well. I'm talk, so as you're, as you're talking i'm kind of writing some things down and um there are a few things i think come out of that so one is about um extrinsic and intrinsic factors so that um when we talk about those out those points outside of our control so whether it be medication whether it be people who talk um talking therapies or just friends who who listen to us right they're extrinsic factors they're things that are actually generally out of our control yeah um and i think that's really really interesting because we do rely on those extrinsic factors in a lot of a lot of cases we do you know go to them and that's for a lot of reasons and sometimes they're good reasons and sometimes they're not um this intrinsic these intrinsic factors what can we do for ourselves so that self-care that self-love all those kind of things are really important and um i you know i i've been in that i've been in that position (laughs) i've been in that place um Mm. sat on the bedroom floor pretty much rocking tears streaming down my face Mm. going i can't do this i can't you know i've built you know i built a six-figure business we um you know i and i got to that point where i thought you know i was rocking and crying and saying to my wife i'm gonna lose absolutely everything and it wasn't the case like but you can't see it in that moment right right and and this is this is part of the key so one of the things that i taught myself to do um and i'm and for everyone listening like i'm not a spiritual person i'm not a religious person i'm just like i'm i'm i'm, I'm a scientist by training so i'm very mm. much in that kind of space but i've got this mantra um and you know this too shall pass like mm, and, and i and i will sit there and when i'm in my deepest moments i will go intrinsic that's that's something that's in within me and i will say this too shall pass this too shall pass this too shall pass because we we lack objectivity in those in those deepest darkest moments mm. and so um we can't see the light we can't see the horizon we can't actually see the next step like we just can't so having something that you can say to yourself that allows you to get out of that inner space a little bit is yeah. all you're actually trying to achieve. Like you're not like, this is, this is part of my problem when, you know, people um, who haven't potentially experienced some of these things, will just go, well, just, you know, just put yourself, you know, just sort yourself out. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, you have so I, much to be thankful for. Why are you yeah, anxious? Yeah. I don't friggin' know. It's not like I want to be. <laughs> I didn't know? choose it. Yeah, no, I did not choose this. But so, so that's the one thing that I really, and I, I will touch back on this when I, I'll tell, I'll tell a story about when I was on a plane to New York, um, which I, which I think I sent to you. Um, but the, the other thing that I, I, I really took from what you said was, you know, nothing worthwhile is ever easy. And so we are the sum of our struggles. We're not the sum of our, the, the easy days. We're the sum of the difficult days because they're the things that really build us. And so there's an element of, can I be grateful for those days? And that's really tough when you're in them because yeah. like, I don't want to be, I, I'm not grateful for that at all. I'm not grateful for sat on, being sat on the floor crying. Like, that's that's mm. horrible. Like that's a, emotionally, that's a really horrid place to be, but I can be grateful afterwards. Yeah. I can be grateful for the, 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 the those dark times because the light shines brighter because of them. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't want to walk around in a twilight. I want to walk around in the sun. And I needed to have, sometimes you need to have the night to, to figure out what the, what the day time looks like. Do you know what? There's a song that I absolutely love. And, and for those of you that are new to me, and David, you won't know this either, but I 
I am a singer first and foremost. Music is my language. And to the point where my brother once said to me, I was trying to remember an anecdote and he was like, oh, what song was playing? Because I always remember the song that was playing or I remember lyrics. And I have this thing where um, music plays in my head when people are speaking to me and it often carries a message or it often links me to something that I need. And what I heard when you were saying that was a song called Better Days by Diane Reeves. And the whole chorus is, um, you can't get to the better days unless you make it through the night. It's basically when you're in the night, when you're in the dark, it feels endless, doesn't it? And the thing is, if you struggle with mental health, the night is the worst time. Because it is. all of the distraction of the day has disappeared and you're just left with your batshit crazy brain feeding you all kinds of crap that makes you not sleep. And everything feels worse when it's dark. And in those moments, you don't think it's ever going to end. It's like those nights where you've tried to sleep and then you look at the clock and literally 30 seconds have passed and you're like, ah, <laughs> like the morning is never coming, but the morning always comes. And it's such a cliche, but it's so true. And I love what you've shared as well about you can't always find the gratitude in the moment. You just can't. And no one would expect you to. But just knowing that the gratitude is going to be available again, you are going to smile again. And this is true, whether it's anxiety, depression, grief, like people have faced the worst possible loss. You know, they are in the deepest depths of grief. They still find a smile. They can still find light. And of course, your whole landscape changes, I think, when when something traumatic happens like that, like you lose somebody or, or something similar, the whole the horizon does change, but it doesn't change indefinitely. You know, if you're in the dark, it, you're not going to stay stuck in the dark. It doesn't stay dark forever. You're going to get chinks of light and it might only be every now and then at first. You might feel like you're consumed by the darkness, but every now and then you'll see something. So for me, you know, I've got children like hearing them laugh is a chink of light for me, you know? Like watching an episode of Friends is a chink of light for me. Nostalgia is such an important part for me Cut. because it brings you back to, to place, times that you remember. Yeah, David's So like, friends, oh, friends, so friends, <laughs> right. So my last um, episode of anxiety. So I'm, I've been pretty good actually for, I was like, I'll t very quickly segue. So uh, my education business lost about £700,000 of bookings within four days at, at, in March mm. when the lockdown happened, right? Um, that would have been a normal trigger for me, like mm. that idea of, oh, my God, where, where's income coming from and all that. I was fine. I was actually absolutely fine. I was in a really good headspace. Yeah. Take, go back about six months prior to that, and I wasn't. <laughs> um, mm. And... Oh God, no, it was even longer than that. It was about 12 months prior to that. Uh, last year doesn't seem to have happened. It's like this weird know, trying to yeah. figure out like, okay, no, actually it wasn't. It was that. It doesn't that. count. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> anyway, so this was a moment where I had, a, I, had a, I had my first really big anxiety period for about 15 years. Um, and so, and actually it taught me a lot about my own, my own mental health. And actually I probably had other episodes in that period, but I hadn't recognized them as such. So this was yes. a really good thing for me. I can say that now. Um, anyway, my, so I couldn't sleep. So I'm, I, and I still get insomnia. Um, I've had it like the last few weeks, uh, but it's not, but not related to anxiety at the moment. I feel fine. Um, 
But when I had the anxiety linked with the insomnia, the pretty much the only thing I could watch in bed to help me get to sleep was Friends. So we have a TV in our room. There's lots of people do, good or bad, you know, preserve judgment. Um, and my wife would go to sleep and I would have episodes of Friends just ticking along because two things. One is that familiarity. I think it's just yeah. this, this place of actually, you know, I'm 39 Friends was on at a time where I generally had no cares in the world. So it's taking you back yeah. to a place where you're yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Um, the voices are very familiar. The scenarios are very familiar. And I just watched Friends. Like I literally went from episode one, series one, all the way through. And I'd probably, I'd probably fall asleep after maybe four or five episodes. You know, it would, yeah. it always took me about two and a half hours to fall asleep, two hours fall asleep. Yeah. When you said friends, I was like, oh my God, yeah, that that was it. Like that that was I I I love music. Um there's a piano actually behind me. Um, but I find it really emotive. And so when I'm in those places, I can't listen to it. Because that's interesting. Mm. Because it just like it uh, my I think everything, all my emotions are heightened. And so yeah. I'm actually what that the that that point I need to try and capture some kind of control. Mm. whereas I know that because I have a you know I do love music I've played music all my life um it is a real emotional tug and I and I, I I don't need that tug of war at that point in time yeah um and so things like friends which are they're banal aren't they they're, they're just there but there's like yeah, a comfort blanket they don't age right like it's just like a little comfort blanket yeah, if you see Courtney Cox now, you're like, what? <laughs> How dare you I try, get I, I try not to. <laughs> it's like, you're not allowed. You're supposed to only be 25. You know? I know, exactly. Like, who are you having a life? Go and get back in that series where I know you belong. I think it's amazing that Friends came through. And this is actually, this is how I work, though. I, I am intuitive. I very often will bring people to the things that... Um, that helped them or that that linked to a story it just, it happened it has happened so many times now that I'm not as surprised when it happens um the fact that you are you know you said you said I'm not spiritual I'm a scientist it makes me so excited that you're on this <laughs> podcast because to me there's power in both sides and oh, I yeah, think absolutely there's you know we need both um and to me spirituality I think the word spirituality for some people, it, it it leads to connotations of religion and, you know, or that you have to believe in like a bearded man in the sky. That's not my understanding of it. To me, spirituality is just the experience of living your life. Like you are who you are. You're guided by these things. And I love that you're speaking the exact same way that I am. And we come from two completely different belief and structures. The spectrum. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. You know, there's, you don't have to subscribe to anything that doesn't feel like truth to you. You have truth inside of you and you recognize it when you see it. Um, I'm so interested in what you said about the music as well. Uh, and I've heard this before and I've heard people say the same thing about journaling where I've said to them, oh, you know, you should get a journal and start writing it down. And they're like, Christ, no, I don't want to, I don't want to know what's going on in my brain. Like, I don't want to look at that. Um, music does have that power. It absolutely does. And I think the message I would really like to give people is you don't have to be afraid of those emotions. You absolutely can find your control in those moments. And 
like you said, you go and watch the episodes of Friends or you like that's exactly you find your, the way to find deal your with thing. It. Find your thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that music is the gift we've been given that allows us to process those emotions. And like you said, you don't always want to. I don't want to listen to music when I'm having an episode either. And I think it's for that reason. It's like, oh, I haven't got the strength to process what might spill out of me if I put that music on right now. But in, in a normal kind of, when I'm in a normal place, music fuels me. Like I right now, I'm in lockdown. I've got a little boy here who's been sent home from school because his bubble got burst <laughs> like somebody got got yeah. the virus so we can't go out right now and it would be easy for me to spiral into you know not getting up in the morning not actually doing anything to take care of myself because we get into that habit but I bought myself a little Amazon speaker which I have in my kitchen so now I get up in the morning I go downstairs and I just say Amazon play music I don't choose anything in particular I just let it play and I love because, you know, your device is going to have all of the music that you love from all kinds of things. So I might have musical theatre coming on and then it might go to, you know, something complete like yesterday. There was some real kind of Missy Elliott type of, you know, R&B rap kind of happening. So I was like, yeah, like doing my washing up, you know, dancing around to that. It shifts my energy every single time. Like songs remind me of people and that helps me to feel happy. Songs remind me of times in my life and that helps me to feel happy. And I think I genuinely think music is the gift that we've been given to process our emotions when we feel able and ready to do so. Um, I think Friends also has the same power, though. <laughs> well, it's interesting. But yeah, but it's in, so it's, I find this really interesting. So I, um, I've written, I've written a couple of notes down again. Um, so <laughs> music, music has lots of links for me. You either playing it or you know going to gigs or concerts or whatever it might mm. be, right? So there has that element to it. But one of the big things for me that music relates to is running. So I um, I used to run a lot. Uh, I've run marathons. I and um, it was that's like my solace, like mm. the thing. So I'd go out for a twelve mile run or fifteen mile run on a Sunday, and the reason I love running is because you get to a headspace where all you can think about is running. Yeah. So you get like the first few kilometers, first few miles, everything else is still there because it's easy, right? You're just ticking over, just cracking on. And then you get to this point, and I call it running ugly. Right. I'll tell you why. So it's that point where you could have snot like streaming down your face. You could have tears in your eyes. You could be sweating like a pig and you don't care. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's that point where you just don't care because all that's important is the next step, the yeah. next breath. And that to me is truly liberating because it just, the whole world just shrinks into mm. this this place where all I need to do is take one more step. Yeah. And I listen to a lot of music when I run. Um, and I'm, I'm recovering from an Achilles rupture at the moment, which is not good. If you're anyway, any runners listening, not fun. <sighs> yeah. Not what um, you want. Not what you want. And so music, I had, I had different playlists. So I'd have a playlist that was like a 12 mile playlist. So it helped me to keep time. Like I could, you know, I knew how long it'd take me. So I had 12 mile playlist, 10 mile playlist, a 10K playlist, a 15 mile playlist. And those songs, whilst they weren't necessarily like I wouldn't be in them, like you would like, you know, I wouldn't be in them. They, the, 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 
just hearing them, I can, it'll take me to a place on a run. So um, Thunderstruck by ACDC. Yes. Okay. That, that start, you know, the start to Thunderstruck. Thunder. Exactly. Right. I can, I can see the hill that I would be getting to when yeah. Thunderstruck starts. Yeah. And a lot of things, it's funny because a lot of the, I know this is a really weird tangent probably, but a lot of the things within my own mental health and within a lot of people I work with and talk to and, and, and go and, and kind of have these conversations with is the, these links. So where can you, how do you build your little, your little route out? Mm-hmm. And so these are one, these are all the things that would help me. So yeah. like when I'm feeling terrible, I can't listen to it, but as soon as I start to come out, I'll go, okay, what can I listen to that will remind me of a place where, so there's a run that when, um, when my, my wife's grandparents were alive, uh, we, they lived in Kent and we'd go down, and I'd run from where they lived all the way down pretty much along the coast, along the White Cliffs to Dover and back 16 miles. And it was amazing. Like the most beautiful run in the world. And there are certain tracks I listen to that um, just remind me. So we have all the time in the world. Um, reminds me of running and looking out to the to, to the sea. So I can mm. see like the, the English Channel, the sun and the sun coming up. And we have all the time in the world, Louis Armstrong. Like, I'm there right now. I'm yeah. so there. <laughs> and so do you know what? These, these are really powerful images. Mm. But I think there's also the opposite is also true. So we we root, and this is where I think sometimes we struggle, is we root ourselves in certain imagery in certain places. And it takes a while to kind of to get out. And I mean, I, I, I was gonna the friend story leads quite nicely because obviously that's based in New York. And yeah. um I'll tell a story about I often tell this story about what happened. I won a contract um, in New York um, on LinkedIn. So basically one post in LinkedIn, one message, and I'm being flown to New York for a, wow. for, yeah, for, to, to work for a business, in a, as a business development consultant. Um, and I was in a really bad place, like awful, awful, awful place. Mm. To the point I was gone to see my GP um, and I wasn't sleeping. They changed some medication. Um, and they it's great, isn't it? They go, yeah, it's good. you're going to feel really even more anxious for the next like 14 days before everything kicks in. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for that. Yeah, I've just spent the last like 20 minutes crying in your office. Yeah. You know, anyway, so uh, I have an amazing GP and I will not ever say anything bad about the, the services they provide because they're awesome. Yeah. Um, and so she said, look, I'm going to prescribe you some Zopiclone as well, which is, if for anyone who doesn't know, to help you sleep. But it's a really powerful uh, drug to make you sleep. And I, I got so anxious, I was terrified I was going to miss my flight. So I didn't take anything. So like, I'm completely got onto the flight to, drove to, drove to London, to Heathrow, got on the flight. And I sat, sat there with my head on the, the seat in front of me with tears streaming down my face like halfway across the Atlantic mm. and, and and every step I took to moving forward felt like lead boots. Like I, mm. I was, I wasn't, you know, going through immigration. If everyone's gone through immigration in the States, it's not the easiest thing. No. Um, and I can remember standing there in front of this guy and they, they've got them placed up. So like they're always sat higher than you, the immigration mm. officers. So you're like looking up at them. It's a bit like going to Gringotts, I think if for any Harry Potter fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
had to get into this queue to get the hire car and every step closer I'm feeling more and more anxious and more and more overwhelmed I'm in the car and I'm driving I had to drive four and a half hours outside the city so I didn't arrive to the hotel till like um 11 o'clock at night managed I had to sleep with all the lights on I you know as I say I'm happy to discuss this stuff now but I think mm. a lot of guys don't and so this is kind mm. of why I don't want to talk about it anyway uh next morning I'm, I'm I'm going to this meeting so I had got my suit out my had iron my shirt I'd done all that kind of stuff and I went to have a shower and in the shower I ended up just this whole feeling of overwhelm and I sat in the shower with the, with the water cascading on top of me in floods of tears and I just did not know what to do I'm in a country where I'm what two and a half thousand three thousand miles away from home um it's early in the morning so you know I've got to try and speak to someone but trying to get a hold of someone at home is hard and I had to as I take it I had to take all those steps and the amount of energy like this is where I think people really struggle to understand how how much energy it takes to put that shirt on to get in that car to go and then to put a smile on my face yeah and say, hey, I'm here, and then do the job. Like, I've, I've done a job of work just getting to the front mm. door. Mm. And the, the thing that really, um, and so I will tie it back to the music. So one of the things that really helped was I was like, right, I need to go back to where I know I'm happy. Like, I, I am going to purposefully, like, mm. I am purposefully going to try and program my brain to go back to a better place and I take my running kit I take my running kit everywhere like it, it's as I say it's my solace yeah. so I I have no idea where I was like in the middle of this town nowhere um at this university um and um put my running trainers on and I went out and I ran and I purposely chose the 10 mile uh track list because it has like it just has really nice cadences and it's really great tracks that like really um uh your love uh, lifts me higher and like all that kind of like really really positive stuff mm. and that's what i did like i mm. got my ass out of bed and i ran and i ran and i ran and i ran and yes you know from a from a biological scientist point of view i say well yes david of course because you were you had dopamine release and you were you had endorphins flowing and all the rest of that kind of stuff happening and yes that's true but there's also another piece to it where it connected me with the moments in my life where i've always been um able to just run ugly be be in my my space my place and that's really important you've got to find that place for you I just love, I love the concept of running ugly because whether you're talking about running, that's such a metaphor for the whole thing though. Like, yeah. because it's about getting to the point where you're okay to be not okay. Right. Yeah. That's what running ugly means. It's okay that you have snot pouring down your face. And I just think about um, dumb and dumber when he's on the back of the moment. The back of the moped, the snot yeah. all over his <laughs> But that's the thing, like, that's the whole point that I, you know, you were saying earlier about, oh, sometimes I can't hear the music because 
I'm not ready to do that yet. And that's, that's so powerful, being able to make that decision, right? And this is the whole perception shift that I want to give anyone that's listening that might have felt the same, you know, that might have been listening and going, oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't put music on because I'm not ready to feel that. You could look at that and go, oh, so that means I stay stuck. Or you could look at that and go, no, in that moment, I recognize the power of allowing myself to feel how I want to feel, right? It's not about, uh, like, and this was the mistake I made, I think, early on with anxiety. I'm such a can-do, like, what are we dealing with? Let's go kind of person. That I Like the doctor said, you've got anxiety. I was like, cool, right, what do we do about that? Awesome. And I made my list and it was like, okay, so, you know, oh, I feel anxious. I'm going to go and put on some happy music. Happy, happy, happy. Let's get happy. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? My God, you fall so far back down on your face when you try to ignore how you're feeling. Like, it's okay that you're feeling anxious. It's okay that you feel like utter shit. It's okay if you feel like you're never going to stand back up. What you just shared, and like, I, I hate to keep, keep bringing it back but you said it's important to take another step there's a song in the new frozen movie frozen 2 oh, where no. Kristen bell sings <laughs> yeah where Kristen bell sings um the next right thing and it's right in a moment of grief it's very very it's a very dark time if you haven't seen it that might be surprising because obviously it's disney but there's a very dark point she moves through and i watched the documentary and Kristen bell who plays anna who sings it um, shared that she had a conversation with the songwriters about her depression and she has she's diagnosed with depression and she said one of the best pieces of advice that she was given to deal with it was don't worry about what it looks like a day from now a week a month a year what's the next step you have to take right now in that moment what is it what do you have to do to just put that shirt on get in that shower right some and you might choose not to do that your next step might be no my next step is to lie in this bed and cry my eyes out for a good solid hour awesome it's about recognizing you are always in control you have those choices to make you are never out of choices and it's okay if you're choosing to stay in your house that day it's okay if you're choosing not to respond to those text messages you are in control of those choices. And that's, and that's, that's huge. I think there's two, there's two pieces to that, isn't it? There? There's the acceptance. So I understand mm. that I'm in this position. So I think yes. that's, that's, that's a really important place to be. And I think for anyone who's maybe not, maybe going through this the first time, not kind of, cause this is like, I accept that this is me. Like I, right. Right, I live, this is my life. Not that I, not that I um, accept that I will always be anxious, but I accept that anxiety is a part of my life and that it may Come up, I'm going to come down, right? That's a yeah. really, I accept that. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it's much easier for me to deal with it because yeah. I'm not looking for another thing that it could be. Yeah. Like I'm going, no, that's okay. Like mm. I can still run a multi six figure business and have anxiety. Like, yeah. That's okay. That's phenomenal. Can we just say that again? Everyone listening, this guy can run a multi six figure business and have anxiety you can run a multi six-figure business and have anxiety you can run a marathon and still have anxiety you can win that award that you want to win you can do the job that you want to do you can raise the kids that you want to raise you can be exactly who you want to be and you can have anxiety 
preach it louder for the people <laughs> in the back. But it's true. It's like, so this, powerful. It's not, it's so it doesn't powerful. define me. It's just, it, it, you know, this is the point, right? So if you let it define you, then it'll let anything define you other than yeah. who you who you are. Yeah. Then you're always going to be marching to someone else's tune. Yeah. Like, Do you is- know what as well? The 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 energy it takes to be in denial as well. Like the energy oh, it takes to, to run from that. And you know what you said is so true. And I want to underline that accepting something doesn't mean you're giving into it. And I think that's no. a real misconception. People go, oh, but and that's how I felt, I think. It was like, no, I'm absolutely I don't accept it. I don't accept like I even said that to the doctor. They were like, you have anxiety. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I haven't did. got time for that. <laughs> I did. So I went, they said, oh, um, we're gonna put you on some medication to help. Mm. And I was like, oh, so what's that, six weeks? Yeah. <laughs> and she was she was amazing. My GP, I will always say, amazing. She went, let's try six months to start with. <laughs> and I was like, and in my head at that point, I was like, no, six weeks be fine. Work it out yeah. well for the first, like, let yeah. that, let the GP say what she wants to say. But first month, I'll be sorted. Give her a moment. <laughs> give her, yeah, absolutely. Give her a moment. It's okay. All right, sweetheart. Whatever you um, say. <laughs> and, you know, so acceptance isn't, to not, isn't about giving up at all. And hmm. the reason, you know, that moment in the bath, the acceptance was not like, I'm giving up. It was, I accept that this is where I am right this second. Mm. And that's okay, right? So in the bath, I've got tears in my eyes. God, I was, I was bloody blubbing. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I was, no, don't say sorry. <laughs> you can um, F and Jeff on here all your okay. life. <laughs> um, and so, but I accepted it. I said, this is, who, this is where I am right now. How can I get one step further away from here? Yeah. So that first step, all it was, was reaching up and turning the water off. Mm. That was my one next step. And then I sat there for another five minutes. Okay, what's the next step? Okay, come on, let's get out. Of- and that's all I did. Yeah. Just the the next step. But it, I can't. you can't take the next accept- step without accepting that you're on the step you're on. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't. Like it's not. No point saying, "Oh, it's okay," because I'm, I'm, I'm on that step. You're not. You're there. Accept it. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I think again, I mean, it kind of underlines what we've just been saying. But there is a there is an emotional guidance scale that you'll find in a lot of um, certainly spiritual teachings. But I also think it's starting to filter now into mental health coaching as well, because it's this concept of we have a whole range of emotions and they range from anxious and depressed all the way up to joyful, fulfilled and motivated. We've made the mistake of feeling like the the emotions on the top of the scale are good and that the emotions on the bottom of the scale are bad. They're not. It's an emotional guidance system. And from a spiritual perspective, if you can just think for a minute that perhaps you are this beautiful ball of energy just having a human experience and that your emotions are purely just a a guidance system, it's like a GPS. If you have a mission here, if there is a life that you're meant to live, a mission you're meant to fulfill, a job you're here to do, your emotions will guide you as to how near or far you are from that. And so it means that if you're feeling anxious or depressed or stressed or any of those things, then it's not a bad thing. It's not bad that you have depression. It's not bad that you're anxious. 
it just is like you just said and for me my own personal experience and this may be where we disagree because you're a scientist and I'm a spiritual woo-woo hippie but for me my anxiety definitely on the one hand was a diagnosed it's a chemical imbalance in my brain I'm susceptible to it it can rise up at any point um, that was proven to me last year because even though I consciously have all of these tip trip tricks and tips and tools it I wasn't immune to it it came back right and so that was a real grounding moment for me it was like oh yeah no you're not in control of this this is something you're going to live with but at the same time I can absolutely say that the anxiety feels worse when I am not being who I'm supposed to be when I'm not allowing myself to do the things I need to be the person that I choose to be and anxiety I think you know there are different types aren't there and there's definitely the anxiety that I experience that really does just crop up out of nowhere but a huge portion of people are suffering from anxiety and stress because they are telling themselves I have to be in this job I have to live this life I have yeah. to have this existence and it isn't true and that's that it's that giving away of power when you're telling yourself I don't have a choice you do always have a choice and, you know, to those people going, oh, but I'm a single mum. I have to work my job. I don't have a choice. You still have a choice, but maybe you're making the choice because working that job means you take care of your kids. It doesn't mean that you're suddenly not going to do that thing. It's giving your power back, though, you know, to the person who's yeah. saying, oh, I don't have a choice. I have to stay in this situation you're making a decision to stay in that situation. And that might be the best decision for you. It's about claiming your power back and going, okay, right now, this is what I need to do. So two things. It's about acceptance. Like yeah. it's accepting yeah. that I'm making that choice, right? That's, that's yeah. what it is. And people, um, I, I love this idea of choice because even if, it's a, even if the choices are really shit, yeah <laughs> there's still choices right like i'm not saying that all choices are good like yeah. people, sometimes people go well um i haven't got any any there's no i, I can't choose this and i'm like no you have got options you've got choices mm. they're just all shit they're varying yeah. degrees of <laughs> shit yeah but that's okay because that's still accepting that you have that and as soon as you and this again it's quite empowering because as soon as you accept that you have those choices you feel empowered like okay i am going to take this really shitty choice yeah but that's okay because i chose to do it exactly and that i think is just that's the that's the powerful thing and i think that's from whatever i've done in life and i've been really fortunate you know i've been around the world i've worked in west africa i've worked in india on worked with you know in, in very impoverished communities where you would say there's a lack of choice right there's a lack of options mm. but I've been very fortunate because I've been able to do all those things and still make choices around my own mental health, my own, like the way I live my life. They're all my choices and I accept them. Yeah. I, I talk a lot about the red and the blue pill for lots of different things in business and stuff. I, you know, I often talk about with entrepreneurs about saying, look, it's a red or blue pill guys. Like it is the matrix. Yeah. You take the red pill and life changes. Mm. And all that red pill really is, and you know, we'll talk about it in entrepreneurialism or uh, entrepreneurship as, as maybe moving from a, um, a paid employment into entrepreneurial kind of endeavors. We often talk about it like that. But actually what that red pill entails is two things, choice 
well, three things, choice, acceptance, and ownership. Yeah. Like that's everything because whatever you do, if you've got those things in your life, then you, you will have an element of control and you will feel that you're, you're worthwhile because you get to make those decisions. We get to make That's exactly it. It comes back to what you said about the intrinsic versus the extrinsic. You can't always control the external circumstances that are going to put you in a place. You can absolutely control how you choose to perceive that situation. You can choose to see yourself as lacking or, you know, unable to be helped. Or you can choose to see yourself as the powerful mofo that you are and ask yourself, what choices do I have in this moment? They might all be shit but they're still choices. I think the feeling that we don't have a choice is the worst feeling in the world. I completely agree. Like I would rather have like a million shitty choices. Yeah. Like I would rather have like, you know, your cow pat through to your elephant dung of choices. (laughs) Yeah. Than have none. Than have no choice. Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. What a powerful conversation this has been. (laughs) We went in all the places. I did warn you. I did warn you. Yeah, we did kind of go on a little bit of a, like a magical (laughs) mystery tour. It's a bit like the Beatles. It was a magical mystery (laughs) tour. I just want to finish on, uh, because I'm so honoured that you came on and shared your story so openly. And I know that we had this conversation off air before we came on that for guys in particular, it's so difficult for them sometimes to share how they're feeling because they have all of these, on top of what everyone deals with, they have these these perceptions that have been drilled into them from generation upon generation about how guys have to be strong, guys have to be the figurehead, guys have to have it all together. I love that you've come and shared that place that you were in. I would love for you just to give a message to anybody listening and especially any men listening who might be in that place maybe they are in the metaphorical shower right now maybe they're in the actual shower right now with those tears pouring down their face what is the message you want to give those people right now oh that's a put you on the spot isn't it thank you um you're very welcome (laughs) so the message okay so two things what i said right at the beginning um about this too shall pass if Mm. you can never if you if you take nothing away from listening to this podcast if there's anyone in your life that you feel needs to hear that, please tell them this too shall pass. We live in a series of moments and those moments are very, very small and they're fleeting and they are not your whole existence. So if it's getting out of the shower, if it's not hitting the snooze, if it's one step on a walk, it's putting your shirt on, putting your pants on the right way around wherever it might be it's worthwhile doing Mm. the next step is always worthwhile yeah I love that and you know what the next step might be not putting the shirt on yet but that's your choice and you can own that too and that's powerful yeah I love that very very quickly you tell the audience tell the lovely listeners about the property training program that you run very quickly. Uh, yeah, okay, very, very quickly. Uh, I'm in serviced accommodation, which for people who uh, are listening in the States is short-term rental. Anyone in the UK would be what they perceive to be Airbnb and contract bookings. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a company that trains people how to earn a semi-passive income through property and to hopefully 
um, have multiple streams of income so that we reduce the stress on on lots on people because they don't have to rely on one income stream in their household so that's what we try and do and help people to have a um deliberate and have a creative uh, sense of freedom phenomenal and so we're going to link to that and we'll link we've got your social media as well so if anybody wants to get in touch uh we will put those links in the show notes and of course i'm gonna say it again come over to clubhouse because we hang out on there as well yeah so absolutely you guys can uh you guys can definitely come and hit us up over there um just very quickly a reminder to everybody listening that i now have a weekly live call-in show that happens on a thursday at 8 p.m I stream to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and you can come on live. You can send me a voice message. You can write to me. You can let me know your thoughts. You can ask questions. And I'm going to be inviting David to come on to one of those shows at some point. So I will let you know if we manage to set that up. So if you have questions about anything that we've shared or comments about this episode, then we would love to hear them. Uh, And again, all of those links are in the show notes and you guys can, can get in touch awesome stuff just to say thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed it so welcome i've i've enjoyed it as well it's just been such an amazing conversation if this conversation has helped you guys listening we would love to hear that i mean all right it's a bit of an ego stroke but also (laughs) it just it lets us know that you know it's it's an underline that the work we're doing matters so when i'm having another episode in my bed and i'm trying to tell myself that what i do doesn't count you know maybe a little message from you would let me know that it does but also it's really really important to say that you have just been listening to two people that are diagnosed with a mental health issue my diagnosis is generalized anxiety disorder. I think David yours was the anxiety as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And you are listening to two people who are thriving in spite of that. We're not sat here going, oh, we overcame it. We don't have anxiety anymore. We're saying, <laughs> no, anxiety definitely is around. And we're just choosing to live our life anyway. We're choosing to win anyway. And what's possible for us is absolutely possible for you too. And I really want you to get that. I think that's a great way of, of describing it. Um, absolutely thrive. Just thrive. That's what just life's all about. Just choose to do it. You, yeah. choose, you can make that choice. You have the power to do that. Yeah. And, you know, if you've been sat up in an ivory tower waiting for the white knight to arrive, guess what? You're the white knight and you're the fucking horse too. So get on it. Get that life. Go after what you want. Like, go after those dreams that are in your heart because they're meant for you. I truly believe that. That's a, I think that's the best way to end today. Uh, end today. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Guys, I'll be back again soon with another phenomenal episode. And of course, I'm going to be live on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram this coming Thursday, 8pm. So join me then. David, thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Lily. I really appreciate it. Awesome stuff. Remember, guys, confidence is yours as soon as you choose it. I'll be back again soon. Lots of love. You have been listening to Lily Badcock on the Confidence Academy podcast. Thank you so much for being here please show me some love by subscribing to the show and giving it a rate and review on iTunes. And of course, if you know anyone who needs this show in their life, please pass it on and share the love. If you have an inspiring story that you would like to share on the show, please get in touch using the link in the show notes below. And don't forget, you can hang out with me live every week in the Facebook group. So I will look forward to seeing you there. Finally, make sure that you've joined my mailing list so I can shower you with love on the daily and give you a heads up about all of the exciting things that are happening over here in Lilyland. You can join the mailing list by clicking the link in the show notes or visit lilybadcock.com for all of the information. 
Thank you again for being here. See you again soon. Big love.